we are, folks. The final episode of Heroes, Villains, and Redemption. My name is Jonathan Chan, and I'm so glad that you can join us today on this final episode. I hope you've been enjoying the series as much as Dan and I have been preparing them. We started this series beginning in April with the Hulk, and then we went sequentially from the Hulk to Superman, to Magneto, to Wolverine, to Wonder Woman, Captain America, Iron Man, Joker, Thor, The Flash, Poison Ivy, Spider-Man, Nightwing, The Thing, Black Widow, Batman, and now The Nightcrawler. Yes, we do not discriminate whether you are leaning towards the DC Universe or the Marvel Universe. We just love our comic book characters, regardless where they are from or who are they associated with or what do they feel like being part of anyhow. So, which one was your favorite episode? I personally enjoyed preparing Captain America. Though I can relate with most of the characters we covered, Captain America spoke to me the most. Now, being 43 years old, according to July 16, 2020, and born and raised in a Christian home, I've been inculcated and became so familiar with my own little world, standards and traditions, that when change happens or disruptions occur that threaten my small little world, I mistaken those disruptions as threats to my core existence, which really, most of the time, they're not. And so, as I was preparing Captain America, I realized I needed to reevaluate my convictions, repent of the things I've become calloused, especially my pride, thinking that I know all that needs to know about my Christian faith, renounce my idols that percolate into judgments and discrimination towards others, who may be different than me or may have different convictions or may think differently than me and start opening up and being able to navigate through these different and challenging times we are living in while remaining true to the necessities of who I am in Jesus. And that was Captain America. Did you catch that? If you didn't, you could always go back to our podcast or videos on our website to rewatch Captain America's episode where we explored how the gospel redeemed Captain America. So what was your favorite episode? Feel free to post down in the bottom in the comment section of which was your favorite episode and tell us why because we would love to hear from you. So now, as mentioned earlier, we are now embarking on our final comic book character, Nightcrawler. But before we begin, let's start off with a video because customarily and traditionally, we always begin with a video before every sermon. So this is from season five of the X-Men animated series back in the 1990s. Correction, it is not season five. I was just told it is actually season three. So season three of the X-Men animated series of, in the 1990s. Enjoy this nostalgic animation and soundtrack, and we'll be right back. Hey, 
Doesn't look like they're gonna let us just walk away. any harm don't hurt me what do you want from me the truth i have lived 25 years and traveled 4000 miles wishing only to know the truth all right then the truth i have been many women in my time some rich some poor rich i find is preferable Your father was an Austrian count. Not handsome, but his money made up for that. We led a life of luxury. That is, until I gave birth to a mutant son. The neighbors were not pleased. And that is when you abandoned me. My shameful secret had been revealed. The would-be Countess was a mutant! I had to start over. You were inconvenient. I suppose you hate me for that. No. But I am sad for you. Sad? You want to talk about sad? I am a shapeshifter. An outcast. Even among mutants trusted by no one. I don't have a life of my own. I just steal little bits from other people's lives. But that's how I survive. So there's your truth, son. I didn't want you. Still sad for me. I will beg God to bestow his grace on me so that I may learn to forgive you. Then I will ask him to bestow his grace on you so that you might forgive yourself. And we're back. Nightcrawler is pretty much the only mutant who is very overt in his Catholic faith. Now, he's probably the only mutant I am aware of. Now, you who are listening or watching, you may know of other mutants who are overt in their Christian or religious faith. So please send that comment down at the bottom. We caught a glimpse of Nightcrawler's origin in this scene, and wow! Even though this is a cartoon, I'm sure some of you who are watching or listening know very well that these tragic situations do happen around the world and even in our backyard. What do I mean? Well, we know that we're new young mothers who conceive a child and because of whatever circumstances, are driven and or forced to the only one choice they think they have, and that is to dispose their newborn child. This could be an unwanted pregnancy, or a baby was the wrong gender, or that the child had a physical or mental disability, or even the social pressures. We don't know. But we do know that these situations do happen. Mystique is not the only one that has done this. It's all around the globe and probably in our backyard. And so, as Christians, or not, just as human beings, we as human beings need to provide support for these women and also to propagate the use of birth control. Yes, I said it, birth control. Okay, I digress. 
I'm not going to delve any further into Nightcrawler's origins or story arc because I think there's enough to talk about from this one scene in the video. If you're interested in knowing more of Nightcrawler's origin story, feel free to go to marvel.com and read up on his background. What we are going to talk about is when Nightcrawler, who is clearly the one being hurt by Mystique, how he forgave Mystique, not by his own strength, but by invoking on God's grace that was shown to him to forgive Mystique. Interesting, right? That small little blip in this whole entire episode, which was supposed to be something about completely something different, this little episode, this little snip from this episode, is so rich and deep enough to actually churn out a sermon. So let's delve into this whole idea of forgiveness. And just to give you all a heads up, I'll be referring to a book called Soul Care by Dr. Rob Reimer, because I believe that his biblical and theological approach to forgiveness will help us understand why Nightcrawler said what he said to Mystique and why he forgave Mystique, even though she wasn't repentant in throwing him down a waterfall when he was a baby. Amazing, right? A cartoon being theologically sound. Hmm. Now I know some of you who are listening or watching are probably ready to click the close button right at the top right hand corner since we're talking about forgiveness. Come on. It's a word that is often used as a prescription for self-healing and mending relationships. We all know that. If you're like me, you probably read enough business management and leadership books to know that forgiveness is a righteous virtue worth pursuing, right? However, let's be true to ourselves. We know that forgiveness is a good thing, but we also know that it's freakishly hard to do, some, do it sometimes, especially if the perpetrator continually does harm or hurt us and are unrepentant, and i.e. not saying sorry for it, just like mystique. How do you forgive people when they're unrepentant? How can you forgive people when they don't say sorry and they continually hurt us and harm us? Well, some religions would tell us, well, since they're not sorry about it, you're off the hook. You don't have to forgive them. You don't have to forgive them and shouldn't feel bad about it. But then, truthfully, you're still burdened by bitterness and hatred, blaming this perpetrator for every negative thing that's happening in our lives. And really, we're no better off. Anything that's happening now that is negative, we blame on the perpetrator. I'm sure some of us know of individuals like that. I particularly find that common among divorcees who can't seem to forgive their exes. And so they blame everything that is happening onto their exes without realizing that they're imprisoned themselves with bitterness, resentment, and unrepentance of their own wrongdoing. So we need to forgive even though the perpetrator is unrepentant. But why else? Why else do we forgive beyond self-healing? Well, if you're religious, there are a few notable reasons based on the popular religions practiced here in the Lower Mainland, i.e. Islam, Buddhism, Sikhism, Hinduism, and Christianity. Islam says that the reason you forgive others is so that Allah, God, might extend his mercy and forgiveness towards you of your wrongdoing equal to the wrongs done to you. 
In other words, the number of times you forgive is the number of times Allah will forgive you. No surprise here because Islam is predominantly retributive. However, if the perpetrator does not repent, then you don't need to forgive them. Next, Buddhists. Buddhists believe that forgiving others is an important step on the path towards a better life and towards enlightenment. So, like what we've mentioned about self-healing in the business management books, giving up hatred and forgiving the harm done to us by others allow us to move on and to achieve peace of mind. Again, self-healing. Again, there is a condition though that the perpetrator is required to repent. Sikhism. You should forgive someone if they are really sorry for what they did. Forgiveness is fundamentally a moral relationship between self and others, i.e. it is moral to forgive someone and where there is morality, there is God, which is characteristic of Sikhism's view of the correlation between morality and God since it's a pantheistic religion. And finally, forgiveness is considered one of the six cardinal virtues in Hindu Dharma. The theological basis for forgiveness in Hindu Dharma is that a person who does not forgive carries a baggage of memories of the wrong, of negative feelings, of anger, and unresolved emotions that affect their present as well as future. Again, similar to Buddhism and Sikhism, absent of the spiritual side of things, it's about self-healing. Therefore, according to the popular religions of the lower mainland that we have listed thus far, forgiveness is either to receive forgiveness from God in return, self-healing, part of a moral framework, or a virtue. How about Christianity? Since this is a Christian sermon, what does Jesus say about why we forgive? Well, it's very similar to why Nightcrawler forgives. Not because he wanted to feel better, because how can he? He looks like a blue devil. Not because it's the right thing to do, because that's obvious. Not because it's a virtue, since there's no reward at the end. And not because it was God's condition to extend mercy on him. So why then do Christians forgive? Especially towards those who are not sorry for what they've done and continually do harm repeatedly. Let's begin with scripture. Luke chapter 17, verse 3 to 10. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant, when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. The first reason we forget is because Jesus commanded it. It is our duty. No ifs, no ands, or buts. 
Even if they are unrepentant and repeat offenders, we need to forgive because Jesus commanded it and we are to obey. Jesus says that if we obey him, we belong to him. If we don't, we don't belong to him. Simple. Jesus spoke the parable to teach his disciples and us that we do not wait for God to increase our faith or provide us with the right situation, the right time, or the right feeling so that we can forgive. We don't forgive for brownie points or to earn forgiveness in return. We don't forgive to earn some certain standing. No, we are God's servants. He commands us to forgive, we obey and forgive those who wrong us. The question is whether we choose to obey God or not, not to whether forgive or not, it's whether we obey or not. The second reason why we forgive is because we've been forgiven by God. Dr. Reimer says this, it is utterly absurd for us to hold someone in our debt in light of the remarkable forgiveness God has offered us. He has canceled a lifetime of sin against us for the sake of his merciful name at the cost of his precious blood. Who are we to hold a grudge when the mercy of the master does not move you to become a merciful person? There is something dreadfully wrong with your soul. There is disconnect between your head and your heart. You have truths in your head that have not permeated your heart. You have doctrines you espouse that have not been experientially transformational. Let's look at what Jesus says in Matthew. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Jesus says that we are like the servant who the master took pity. We forgive because we are immensely grateful for the mercy that God has shown us. We are commanded to forgive because forgiveness is a mark of a Christian. A Christian who experienced God's immense love and has been transformed by it. When others choose not to forgive, 
because they have no reason to. We choose to forgive because we've been transformed by God's love. The third reason why we are commanded to forgive is because we don't want Satan to gain any ground in our heart. In Ephesians chapter 4, 26-27, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Rob Reiner says this, You ought to forgive because bitterness gives Satan a foothold in your life. So you must forgive for your own sake. You must forgive for the sake of God, who has had mercy on you and is worthy of your obedience. You must forgive for the sake of your freedom and your fullness in Christ. You must forgive so you don't give the tormentor any access to your life. Bitterness is also corrosive to communities and families. God commanded us to forgive so that we are not burdened by bitterness and go on a vicious cycle of blaming others, bitterness, and then self-blame. And then blaming others, bitterness, and self-blame. He knows that if we do, we are consumed by it, allowing the evil one to enter and we become further distant from God and further distant from the forgiveness and mercy available to us. We lose sight of the truth that God loves us and that we've been forgiven. That is why Jesus said that we need to forgive, because by forgiving, we believe that forgiveness exists, and by forgiving, we acknowledge that God has forgiven us. It's interesting how forgiveness and repentance are so interconnected. We repent to God because we believe that forgiveness is available through Jesus' death and resurrection. We forgive others because we believe that we've been forgiven by God. If we ourselves are unrepentant of our sins, there's a good chance we have difficulty forgiving people. That's why Nightcrawler forgave. He experienced forgiveness and mercy from God. He believes that forgiveness is available because he's repentant. He experienced God's immense love towards him. How can he not show the same for others, no matter what horrible things they've done to him? And I'm sure many things have been done to him. Yet he forgave them because God forgave him. So how do you forgive in light of these truths? How do you keep forgiving people when they continue to hurt you? And even though in your mind, you know these truths that you've been forgiven. I think Nightcrawler gave us a few pointers. Here, let me show you a video in X-Men 2, the live action movie, where there's a conversation between Storm and Nightcrawler. So enjoy. Why don't you take a break? I'll keep trying. Sin. 
So quite a few. You and Miss Gray are school teachers? Yes, at a school for people like us. Where we can be safe. Safe from what? No, outside of the circus, most people were afraid of me. But I didn't hate them. I pitied them. Do you know why? Because most people will never know anything beyond what they see with their own two eyes. Well, I gave up on pity a long time ago. Someone so beautiful should not be so angry. Sometimes anger can help you survive. So can faith. Welcome back. So how do we forgive? First, just like Nightcrawler, remember God's grace. Now, Nightcrawler uses icons to remember how much grace God has shown him. I know many Catholic friends who use icons as well. I have nothing against that. For me, I keep a digital journal called Google Keep. That's my icon. And I write them down. I write my sins down and write all the sins that God has forgiven me for or the times that God has rescued me from my pit. Memorizing concepts of grace and mercy are not transformative until we've experienced it tangibly. And I always write down all the experiences that God has given me tangibly to forgive my sins and take me out of the pits. Because when we do, we remember God's grace. Next, pray blessing on those who hurt you. In Luke chapter 6, verse 27, 28. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. I will show you a video of, of Dr. Rob Reimer giving us an example of why we pray blessings on people. We'll be right back. Years ago, when I first started in ministry, I had some guy that really didn't like me. I have no idea why, because I hadn't even met him by the time he didn't like me. Like, I do a lot of things that someone could not like me for, but this one, I hadn't met the guy, so I'm not sure what I could have done to make this guy not like me, because I hadn't met him yet. I had never talked to him. But uh, one day I walk into the office and the secretary in there comes over to me and she says to me, um, do, do you know, and I'll just use this name, Jim. And uh, I said to her, no, no, I, I don't know Jim. I, I've never met Jim. And she said to me, oh, she said, I was at a restaurant today and Jim told me you're in an adulterous affair. I'm like, who is Jim? I don't know Jim, but I want to get to know Jim. I said, I haven't been here long enough to get in trouble yet. I barely know anybody besides my wife. I said, what is Jim talking about me for? I mean, I was, I was pretty annoyed. So I'm thinking, I, you need to show me Jim, okay? And then the church had multiple egresses, you know, different entrance, entrance points. And so I hadn't met this guy. I'd only been there a month. Um, another week or two goes by, I still haven't met Jim. And somebody else calls me on the phone one day. They said to me, hey, do, do you know Jim? I'm like, no, I don't know Jim but I'm starting to get to know Jim. And they said to me, oh, you know, I was talking to Jim the other day and he, he said, you stole money from the church. I'm like, I, I don't have access to the money. I said, do you think they give me access? I don't have any money. I said, that's ridiculous. And I thought, I'm going I'm to get to know Jim. I mean, the day is coming. Jim and I are going to meet. So this 
keeps going on. I keep hearing stuff like this. One day the district superintendent, you know, sort of the bishop of our denomination, calls me on the phone. He says to me, hey, listen, I got a phone call the other day. He said, do you know Jim? I'm like, oh, my gosh. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, I'm getting to know him by reputation. I still haven't met the guy. I've only been there a couple months. And uh, he, he said, listen, he goes, this guy's done this before with other people. He said, I don't know what he, what he has against you, but he's got something against you. And I said, you know, I haven't even met the guy. He goes, I know. And he goes, listen, he goes, I, I think the guy might actually be mentally ill. But he said, I'm just telling you, I'm calling you because he said, he's out to get you and you need to watch your back. Well, I hung up the phone. I got to tell you, I was seething mad, man. Now he's trying to get me fired. I mean, it's one thing to tell me lies about me, but it's a whole other thing to try to get me fired with lies. And I was so ticked off. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to pray, but you know when you're really angry and your mind keeps racing and you can't shut it off and you're having imaginary conversations with people in your head and they don't sound very nice, you know one of those? And I'm in that mode, and I'm wrestling with this stuff, and all of a sudden the Lord speaks to me, and he says to me, Luke 6. And I thought, oh, I I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to forgive this guy. I mean, this guy's a bum. I don't want to forgive this guy. And I'm like, you don't really mean that stuff, Jesus. I mean, you don't really want me to pray blessings on this guy, do you? And he, of course, immediately reminds me of Jesus himself being on the cross and saying, Father, forgive them. I know not what they, you know, they know not what they do. And I thought, oh, you got to be kidding me. I said, can't we pray the imprecatory Psalms? You know, those are the Psalms that David prays in the Old Testament. God, get them, you know, make their children suffer you know I thought that's the kind of psalm I want to pray and he's like you need to bless them so I started praying blessing now this is the truth okay I did my best but you got to know I'm not feeling very kind-hearted towards this guy but I was obedient and this is what I said I said Lord I will pray blessings on this man not because I want blessings for him I will pray blessings on this man because I love you and I trust you and so I'm going to obey you but you need to know I don't mean a word of it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm willing to mean it, but you've got to do something inside my heart because I can't mean it right now. And so I said, so here it goes. I'm doing my best. Oh, God, I pray you'd bless Jim. I don't know how, but I pray his wife would like him. I don't know how his wife could possibly like him, but I pray she might like him somehow. I pray his children wouldn't turn out to be idiots like he is. You know, and this is the kind of blessings I'm playing on this guy. But you need to know, I prayed for this guy every day. Day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. Without stop. I finally met him on a Sunday morning. You know, he'd, he'd pass me at church on a Sunday morning. He'd walk in and he'd say to me, oh, pastor, it's so good to see you. And he'd shake my hand and act all friendly to me. And I'd think, you dirty, rotten. I'd want to kick his heel on the way out the door, you know. One day he walks past me in church. And when he walks past me, he shook my hand. Oh, it's so good to see you. And I felt this overwhelming love fill my heart for him that I knew was completely supernatural and not of my own. And that day I learned an incredibly invaluable lesson, and here's the lesson. If you do what God tells you to do, he will do what you cannot do. He will change your heart. You cannot change your own heart, but you can obey God in faith, and in the process of obedience, he will shift the makeup of your heart. And I've seen this happen over and over and over again. Every time someone sins against me and I'm struggling to forgive them, I will immediately and reflexively pray blessings on them. 
every time I'm about to think about what they've done to rehearse the offense or to have an imaginary conversation with the person in my mind and tell them off, I will use that as the trigger to pray a blessing on them. And when I pray blessings on them, my heart begins to shift. What I can tell you is this. I've done this countless times at this point in my life. And if I die tonight, I die with no enemy. If you do what God asks you to do, He will do what you cannot do. He will change your heart. Often we wait for God to change us before we obey. We pray, God, you need to change my heart so I can obey. That's like the disciples saying, increase our faith. But that's not the way it works. God calls us to obey him, even when our hearts are not yet in alignment with him. And as we step out in faith with our eyes on him in trust, we find God does a deep work in our hearts. We saw that in the video where Nightcrawler told Mystique that he will be praying blessing over her and that God will grant grace upon him and God will grant grace upon her. I believe he was thinking about the same thing as Dr. Rob Reimer. Lastly, see yourself like the, your offender. See yourself like your offender. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 21 to 22, do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you, for you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. We don't know why the perpetrator does what he does. Recently, God taught me a valuable lesson on forgiveness and praying blessing over someone. And I'll close this sermon with this story. As some of you know, I'm the president of our townhouse strata council. And for some of you who are on strata council, you know that most of the residents are respectful and obedient to the bylaws. But there are always one to two that just continually disrespect their neighbors and just think bylaws are merely suggestions. Well, we had an owner that decided not to pay his strata fees. And when he did, he's like eight to 10 months late. He also disregards the bylaws when it comes to taking care of his property, so his unit looks like crap. His unit is the first unit people see because he's the first unit in that entranceway. And so when his unit looks like crap, it makes us look bad. So people keep telling me and complaining to me that we need to have him clean up his place. Time and time again, I've sent letters, emails, phone calls, and even knocked on his door to tell him that, hey, I don't want to fine you. I don't want to put a lien on any of your, on your place. So please pick up your end of the agreement, all right? Just do what the bylaws say and just work well with others. Forgiveness, immense forgiveness. Time and time again, forgiveness. The 77 times forgiveness. I thought I gave plenty of it. I thought I was the Peter. I thought I gave enough. One time. Because he disliked my reminders, he threw garbage in the outside areas that was his property, just to spite us. So he got raccoons and crows all over, rummaging through his garbage in the property. So our neighbors right beside him were getting the raccoons and crows as well, and all the feces that come with it. Oh, that got me angry. But I knew that God wanted me to obey and forgive him. And... Pray blessing on him 
And so I did. Initially, when I was trying to pray for him and pray blessing on him, I was like Dr. Rob Reimer. I wasn't too serious about it. I was a little superficial. I was going, you know, it's so hard, but I'll do it anyway. But I don't mean it, but I'll do it. Yet, as I kept going and doing it and doing it and doing it, well, what happened? Well, fast forward. More revelations came to my attention. Now, I was still praying blessings on him, and I was still praying for him. I realized that this owner was in financial trouble. DJ Business, which he is in, has literally gone down the drain, and he was paying his strata fees using home equity loans, which is not a good thing. He is also a single dad with a teenage daughter. That came to my attention as well. I realized, I realized that as I'm forgiving him and praying blessing on him, God at the same time was changing my heart. That, that guy certainly did not change, but that's not God's point, is it? The point is that God wants to change me to be more like Jesus, to see people the way he sees people and to love people the way he loves. That's why I obey and forgive. Not to make me feel better, because it didn't. Not because I need for God's forgiveness, because I'm already forgiven based on the truth. Not because I want brownie points or earn something, because I certainly didn't. This is a volunteer job, by the way. No, God wants me to see people and love people the way he does. To change me into becoming like Jesus. That's why Christians forgive. That's why I forgive, and that's why I implore you to forgive others as well, because we've been forgiven. Well, thank you for joining us in this series, Heroes, Villains, and Redemption, since April. We hope you enjoyed the series. If you have any comments, please list them below this video, or you can email us at this email address listed right here. Now, this is the end of the series, and uh, we are now going to change channels and embark on another series called the Alphabet Psalms. Yes, the Alphabet Psalms. There's only actually one chapter, which is Psalm 119, but if you are familiar with the Psalm, Psalm 119 is structured in a way based on the Hebrew alphabet. So we are going to embark on the Alphabet Psalms. So till next time, have a blessed week. Mm -hmm.